Assalamualaikum and hi everyone. Welcome again to Nals My Words of Wisdom podcast, where we aim to create a mutual circle for youth to learn and be a great leader for Malaysia. I am Aisha, your host for this podcast. As mentioned before, for this month we will highlight on the theme environment, and as promised, specifically for this fifth episode, we will talk about youth participation in environmental and climate action. We have a very special guest for today, an inspiring and passionate young leader who co-founded an environmental youth-led organization named Youth United for Earth. Check out their Instagram at project.yufe for more information. So, without further ado, let's welcome Ms. Nur Fatin Hamzah to the show. Hi Fatin, welcome to Nels My Podcast and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, likewise. Okay, um, before we dig into the questions, maybe you would like mm-hmm. to introduce a little bit about yourself for our dear listeners. Yeah. Okay, sure. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Nur Fatin Hamza. you can call me Fatin. I'm currently a master's student in biodiversity and conservation. Uh, researching on the forest stewardship of orang asli communities, uh, particularly the Jahai asli communities lah in Royal Belum State Park in Perak. Uh, at the same time, also the coordinator and co-founder of, um, as mentioned just now, Youth United for Earth, Youth. Um, we are a youth-led community um, aiming to increase the visibility of young people lah in Malaysia, especially who are doing um, amazing things in the environmental scene as well as to inspire the other youth to mobilize themselves as earth stewards lah, to actually you know, do something. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So actually, why do you choose to focus on environmental issues and what leads or inspires you to major in this? Um, I would say that um, I grew up in a suburban area, like not very close to nature kind of thing. So, but I, I did like go to hike, uh, you know, hiking as a teenager. And I do feel that that connection with um, environment, I would say, or nature in general. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like particularly interested lah, to learn about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, usually like, people have stories like, oh, it started when I was like seven years old. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have that story. But for me, I've always seen nature as something that is very therapeutic, you know, as in like, escapism, lah, to being away yeah. from life. Uh, but I think like it started, my interest in environmental issues really started and got refined when I was in university. Uh, so mm. I took biology as my major. So I got to take like some of the environmental related modules. Lah. So as I was learning like environmental issues formally, um, you know, we were exposed to the concept of like climate change, um, and, you know, environmental issues like deforestation. And when it comes to climate change, right, when I was learning it, um, you know, like how uh, with climate change, scientists will like predict what's going to happen in the future. You know, if the climate change happens, uh, they usually do via like graphs and projections. So like when, we're, when we were like in classes, we were looking at graphs a lot, like in a way predicting the condition of our world in the year like 2030 to 2050. So it was like, really scary actually. For yeah, me. exactly. These graphs. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, biodiversity decline, and then there'll be like disasters, like flooding, forest fire, and I got like really, really scared at that particular mm-hmm. time, um, and I remember like, after I got back to classes, I would feel like sad, like hopeless, 
mm. and like very mm. anxious macam lama I'm going to do like the world's going to end and this is just so depressing oh, and I was also like because I was learning it formally kan mm-hmm. uh, so like sometimes like during semester break ke apa I will come back um, and like volunteer with any like local NGOs and kind of like see environmental issues in the local context as well for example kita pergi jumpa orang asli ke so mm-hmm. we kind of like see the impacts of, of climate change towards like these vulnerable groups as well which got me even sadder lah macam mm-hmm. orang asli ni uh, you know like orang asli is like very close has very close relationship yeah. with the environment with the forest kan so they'll be most impacted so um, I guess um in doing something I always believe in the three H formula. The first H is like head, the brain, that like we learn things formally or informally. Yeah. Um, that's how I got to learn about environmental issues. And then heart, like how we um, associate what we have learned to feel our feeling. So that's why I really like to read like stories of people who are affected by climate uh, related issues or hearing stories of people working in the sector. You know, kind of like have that empathy lah. And also like, bila kita punya head, which is our brain and our heart is like already triggered, it actually will bring us to the third H, which is the hands. Hands is like action lah kan. So, bila yeah. you dah rasa, you dah belajar and then you think that, okay, this is something that's important, then you will do something lah. So, that is kind of like inspire me to start you as well. Uh, because I was learning about it and I didn't have anyone to talk about and process the feelings at that time. So, I think I would, it kind of inspired me to, to create my own community where like uh, young people can come together although it's like it's like depressing to talk about it but as uh, as long as we have each other and we process it together and properly I think um, there is a sense of hope lah, that that's something that we can actually do I see okay that's a very interesting journey started from uh, the climate change graphs Okay, um, in light of our topic today, maybe you would like to briefly explain uh, what is climate change and climate action because maybe some of our listeners are totally new in this topic. Uh, I would say like people always mistaken climate change with the weather. Um, you know, like, oh, the weather sekarang dah jarang lah hujan, so kita call it climate change. But actually, hmm. weather can change from day to day. Tapi, uh, but climate is like measured over a long period of time. So you would say that climate change is a long-term alteration of temperature. Uh, so we, maksudnya bila dah banyak kali dia berubah tu, dia jadi macam benda yang long-term and steady pula. So that is uh, climate change lah. Yeah. So it's not like weather patterns memang berubah setiap hari, tapi long-term punya ialah kita panggil sebagai climate change lah. And scientifically and historically, like the climate has always been changing anyways, you know. Tapi the rate that we are going in right now is just too fast that the earth didn't have the much it didn't have much time to recover though. So okay. uh, that is why we call it as like climate uh, climate induced disasters for example. Oh sorry sorry human induced climate disasters. That means like climate is changing but the fact that we are inducing it um, with with the, the, the very much uh, greenhouse gases that we are producing right now. Uh, that kind of like worsen it even more lah, and it's hard to recover lah. Um, so that's why some people, they don't call it um, climate change anymore. We call it climate crisis because it's the point that it's already a crisis. Um, so I, I would say that if you are new to the topic of climate change, uh, one resource 
that is very important and reliable would be the uh, reports by Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So mm -hmm. it's a body of by the United Nations lah, and they provide like a scientific information which are re relevant to climate change. And dia ada juga specifikan tempat-tempat lah. For example, dia akan, uh, it will talk about Asia particularly, or the Pacific particularly, or America or Europe particularly. So you can see if you're interested in about your country, kan, about South Asia, for example, you can definitely go and read particularly about um, how climate change will impact um, South Asia in terms of politically or economic, uh, what are the risks, you know. So I think that is like one of the most reliable resources um, these days. Um, and based on the IPCC, which is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, um, one of the main things discussed uh, is like what's going to happen when we exceed the 1.5 degree Celsius and 2 degree Celsius. So basically, 1.5 dengan 2 ni ialah macam kita punya limit lah. So bila, yeah, so bila kita dah, when we exceed this upper limit of global warming, it will be like catastrophe-like lah. So we will have disasters, we will have biodiversity decline to the point that it cannot recover or hard to recover. Um, so in the IPCC, it's important to understand the 1.5 degree Celsius and 2, 2 degree Celsius, like what's going to happen if we reach these upper limits. Uh, so um, for example, in South Asia, um, if we reach the 1.5 degree, ni, um, we will be have we will be one of the heavily impacted areas lah, uh, particularly Malaysia. Um, and it is estimated that one million of urban populations in Sabah, Sarawak, Malaysia, and up to five million urban population uh, in Peninsula Malaysia will be at risk uh, from climate impacts in the year 2050. So, like I said, uh, projection, right? Mm -hmm. We we look at how if how the if the pattern is like the pattern is like consistent like macam ni how it's going how it's going to be in the year 2050 so by the time 2050 actually that mengikut projection tu kita ni dah tak adalah dah tenggelam lah especially in cities hmm. yeah so that is why i think um we should come back to the idea of climate action itself so tadi kan kita dah ada all these like limit yang kita tak nak capai, mm -hmm. but kalau kita capai limit tu, something what happen, right? Yeah. So that is uh, how the term um, climate action come about lah. Um, like I said, it's already an, an emergency. It's already a crisis. Um, so what what can we do about it? Um, and um, like climate action is necessarily, is that everybody's job? Yes. Everyone needs to take part. Everybody needs to uh, do something. Uh, either you are an individual, if you if you are a government, if you are um NGO, if you are a company, uh, you 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 will need to play a part in climate action. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Climate action is really important. Hence, why United Nations has um make climate action as the thirteenth goal or SDG thirteen out of the mm -hmm. seventeen sustainable development goals established by them in 2015. Mm -hmm. So why is climate action important and why do we need to have sustainable development? Okay, I think this is really interesting because uh, one thing to remember is that uh, we are part of this world. So whatever destruction that we bring to this world will affect us back, okay, mm -hmm. that is one. And at the same time, we also have the space and opportunity to actually do something about it. 
um, you know kita je yang boleh buat actually yeah. <laughs> so, tak ada benda lain dah yeah. you know uh, so uh, I would say like climate change is really important um, especially because climate change ni it, it affects people disproportionately it affects people differently actually mm. so uh, the effects of climate change is not the same for everybody for example some groups are very very much more vulnerable to the effects of climate change so I will give you some of uh, some of some examples lah, siapa, the, what, what are the groups are, that will be most affected. For example, number one, children and youth. Walaupun they're not responsible at all about climate change, they're not the ones producing the uh, yeah. greenhouse gases and stuff. But they are the most impacted, you know, physically. Um, how are they going to survive floods? Tiba-tiba kalau ada flooding, macam mana diorang nak lari? So they're very vulnerable. If mm. there are droughts, macam mana diorang nak dapatkan air? Because you know, they depends on their parents. What if their parents, you know, if they're orphans, macam mana diorang nak dapatkan air? Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are severe weather or heat waves, you know, their body cannot really withstand very much of heat like an adult would, right? Yeah. Um, and even it's in, in reports by UNICEF, it's being stated that um, there are more like higher risk of death compared to adults from diseases, diseases um, which are related to climate change, for example, like malaria and dengue. Um, so they're very much vulnerable to these diseases compared to adults. Lah. So that's why climate change is important and we should um, direct um, the way we're going to do something about it and personalize it to children and youth. So the second group, I would say indigenous people, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Indigenous people, they have very... Um, high dependence towards um, and close relation, relationship towards the environment, for example, like hutan, like the forest, the sea. So mm. when, when, when climate change uh, worsens, it's very much harder for them to, for example, kalau ada forest fire, macam mana diorang nak lari, diorang paling dekat dengan um, hutan kan? Yeah. So how, how they gonna, how, yeah, how they gonna save themselves? How they gonna run? Um, they are already marginalized in the, in the sense of like, political or economic, probably they don't have like a proper job. I would say like climate action needs to also tack, uh, tackle particularly on these groups. Lah. What can we do to help them? Yeah. And also the third one would be, I think this is also important, which is like people with disabilities. Um, imagine yeah, macam if it's flooding, right? Kalau ada uh, flooding, how mm-hmm. people who are wheelchair bound is going to run? Yeah, yeah. So you can see that um, it's very much affecting them more than someone with like legs again. So yeah. um, and they might also be unemployed sometimes because they are disabled. So susah lah untuk orang you know like hidup in general. Uh, especially because the climate change is going to be harder for them for 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 them lah. And also like for example, low income communities as well. Um, when we're talking about heat waves, you know, macam terlalu panas, so of course, uh, people with air conditioning at home will be able to survive better, right? Yeah. Because, oh, sejuk je because I have aircon. Tapi orang yang tak ada aircon, how they're going to survive? They're going to be much, much more vulnerable towards heat waves lah. So mm. that is why uh, when we talk about climate action, we need to also think about these groups um, which are very, very much vulnerable. And when we are planning about climate action, we have to take into account, the, uh, we need to consider them lah, what are the challenges uh, and we need to address those lah. Um, and you also mentioned about the why we need um, sustainable 
development. So yep. when we talk about sustainable development, there are three P's that three P yang we need to take into account. Just number one, P number one, people. Number two, profit. Number three, planet. So what whatever it is, ingat people, profit, planet. Macam mana kita nak benefitkan development tu supaya benefit people at the same time boleh dapat profit, at the same time boleh jaga planet. Um, so I will I teringat lah apa ni um, this new case of uh, development of the Kuala Langat North Forest in, in Selangor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were saying that they will degazette the place, the forest and um, develop it um, into like mixed development lah konon. But we need to think again, who are we benefiting um, from this? Who will be benefited the most from this project? Is it going to be only the rich? You know, how about orang asli who have been there for so many years and you look at situ macam mana? Are they going to be benefited from this, um, you know, development and this development project? And mm-hmm. if the forests are cut, it will release 3.2 million carbon dioxide. So that is like us contributing to the greenhouse emission. So I would say when it comes to sustainable development, we need to think like the question would be who is the development for? Lah? Mm-hmm. Uh, will it benefit the people? Will, or will it benefit the rich only again? So think about people, profit and climate. Yeah. See, so mostly usually um, people always look at the profit, right? It's not about the planet, of course. That will be probably the last thing. And then mm. people, as uh, as you said, as you said just now, it will be um, disproportionately impacted by certain parties, and it will not be like, impacted the same for all, right? Okay. Even uh, for profit, sometimes they say that oh, kita nak bagi duit ni kepada negeri kita, like kita nak kayakan lebih negeri kita, but If you think about it again, like berapa je orang daripada negeri tu yang dapat manfaat daripada profit tu. Mm. So, we really need to think, we think that lah. The profit is not uh, worth the whole impact, Ken. Oh yeah, and also this not distributed well lah. Yeah, it's not distributed well. Okay, Um. so sounds like this whole climate action is more to authorities to decide because they are the one who will be um, approving any kind of development and stuff. So actually, is climate mm-hmm. action an individual responsibility or the authorities to decide? Right. This is, this is very interesting and this is something that everyone should uh, ponder upon. So to answer this question, we need to first ask, number one, Who are the contributors of greenhouse gases? Okay, so number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, who have the who has the capacity in doing the climate action? Okay, so if you seek contributors, I would say both lah. Individual pun dia contribute juga kepada greenhouse yeah. gases. Kita kita guna kereta ke kita makan daging kita kita produce right. Mm. Tapi um at the, at the same time authorities ataupun companies they also produce right. Yep. And kita kena tengok juga, we need to also look at who are the biggest contributors. Ha, tu lagi satu. Siapa yang mengeluarkan lebih banyak greenhouse gases actually. So siapa yang keluarkan lebih banyak, they will need to be more responsible lah when it comes to climate action. Right? And yep. at the same time, we need to see who have the capacity in doing the action. Are you going to ask orang miskin yang kena apa, kena pergi bekerja? Are you going to ask this um, low income person Uh, okay, please, awak kena jalan kaki ataupun naik basikal supaya awak tak payah keluarkan greenhouse gases ataupun reduce your carbon footprint. We can't say that, right? 
Kita mm-hmm. tengok siapa yang ada capacity actually. Orang yang ada capacity of course the authority, of course the government, of course mm-hmm. the companies kan. So I would say everyone plays an, uh, should play an act- uh, should play a part lah in in climate action. Um, but I guess the, the intensity is different lah. So mm-hmm. I would go to like the first one would be when it comes to authority, um, it's very much related to policy making kan. So yeah. um, our listeners, um, if you haven't, if you didn't know yet, um, Malaysia is actually one of the signatories of the Paris Agreement. So Paris Agreement is like the international treaty lah on climate change. Macam mm. banyak-banyak negara berkumpul, kita sign satu agreement yang kita berjanji lah um, how we're gonna do, how we're gonna address climate change, okay? So every year, countries including Malaysia will send representative to conference of parties ataupun kita panggil sebagai COP. So in this COP, um, each country will have their own It's called, it's called as Nationally Determined Contributions ataupun NDC. So it's basically a country's plan to reduce its greenhouse gases and meet the goals of the Paris Agreement. Maksudnya kita macam berjanji lah. Maksudnya Malaysia berbuat perjanjian kita akan kurangkan uh, greenhouse gases release by berapa-berapa. Negara uh. ni pun akan cakap benda. Ah, negara ni akan cakap berapa-berapa. Uh, and also depends. Kadang-kadang uh, sometimes they give like for example countries that are less developed so they will allow uh, much more greenhouse gases so that the country can develop even better lah so negara yang lebih developed they will say okay you dah dah developed dah so you have low uh, you need to produce lower uh, greenhouse gases for example so this is like the, some sort of like agreement that we have with other countries as well as a mm-hmm. as a in, in, in a global lah and Um, there is a study by UNICEF, they found out that half of the NDCs daripada negara-negara ni did not mention at all about children, about youth, about future generations, you know, while they should have been lah kan, because um, in the future, the ones that will be um, getting all these impacts ialah uh, youth and also children. So I would say authority really plays a part because they have such a big capacity, they are the ones going to the per UN ni, United Nations, hmm. to say that this is perjanjian kita, this is our agreement, you know. So I would say authority really, really plays a role in that sense lah, in policy making too. And they also need to include the vulnerable groups that I mentioned just now, um, you know, like indigenous people, um, children and youth, kan. So hmm. that is one. And then the second one will be, who are the biggest contributors of climate change? Actually, the biggest contributors of greenhouse emissions are corporations, companies, big companies. Uh, you'll be shocked to know that actually, yes, you'll be shocked to know that actually, seventy-one percent of global greenhouse gas emissions are produced by only hundred companies. So, tujuh puluh peratus, tujuh puluh peratus daripada greenhouse gas datangnya hanya daripada seratus companies saja. Termasuklah ExxonMobil, termasuklah Shell, termasuklah BP. Diorang yang paling banyak emit greenhouse gases. So, this is when we go back to questions like siapa, uh, who should do climate action, kan? who should be acting the most. Mm-hmm. So, the biggest contributors lah. So, as a rakyat, as an individual, it is our responsibility to demand from them kita kena push, kita kena hantar surat, kita kena buat campaign to demand from the companies, to demand from the corporations. You need to do something because you are the biggest contributors towards uh, climate change. 
and then um uh, and then goes back to us as individual lah so I, was, I wouldn't say that oh individual tak perlu buat apa because individual perlu buat sesuatu kan because we are part of we are part of this world we are part of this problem juga so um definitely kita boleh buat individual action um contohnya okay, for example tanam juga lebih banyak pokok ke atau kurangkan penggunaan uh, kurangkan uh, makan daging for example tapi um i would say like we shouldn't blame individuals for not doing those things because i would i know that um not everybody can do it not everybody are capable in doing so mm-hmm. but i think a bigger role that we can bring ialah kita boleh uh, exercise our rights as as individuals as vote uh, as citizen lah for example kalau kita ada peluang untuk menulis kepada kita punya MP uh, contohnya ada for example uh, the gazettement of the Kuala Langat North Forest kan mm-hmm. uh, kita tahu oh, projek itu akan mengeluarkan emission sebanyak 30 million carbon dioxide so kita tahu tu so kita kena demand from our authority to do something about it because they have the, the a bigger capacity than us um, in 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 doing something lah especially to change the to change the policy in the in the in the level of policy mm, yeah. i see so i would say everyone plays a role lah Mm, but the bigger contributor should really actually look into it and we as the individual yes. we seek demand from them right exactly. okay um let's just zoom in to our own country itself mm-hmm. like malaysia so what mm-hmm. we, uh, maybe individuals or whatever corporates uh, can actually do uh, as an example of climate actions so like i said uh, just now the blame shouldn't be put on individuals only right mm-hmm. um so the change must comes in a systemic way you know like system change when the system may change barulah orang boleh uh, participate in the system kan because we are part of the system mm-hmm. so we need to demand system change and uh, maybe i could uh, touch on a few sectors for example yang pertama would be agriculture um so we know that with climate change um it will affect our food security uh, for example when it gets too hot maybe the production of our paddy will not be as usual or will be lower or uh, there will be increase of like pests for example so mm-hmm. production kita akan production of paddy will be lower so uh, taking into taking into account of this uh, we need to include um agriculture in the national climate adaptation strategies lah So, kalau nanti dah banyak pest, macam mana kita nak adapt dengan pattern ni? Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, the when it comes to policy making ataupun companies ke, uh, ada tek- new technology, they want to come up with new technologies on how to, um, you know, actually do these strategies or come up with these strategies, feel free to do so, kan? Mm-hmm. Um, and how we're going to inform consumers and producers about food choices and how to reduce food waste. Because you know, mungkin kita as individual pun banyak membazir makanan tak habis. Yeah. Um, how we gonna? So dia kena ada sistem lah. Mungkin um, Giant, for example, Giant buat campaign untuk reduce food waste, for example. Um, sekarang kita mau kepada NGO lah. Kalau NGO dekat Malaysia ada Zero Waste Malaysia. So they really um, do a lot of campaigns for individual to reduce their food waste lah. In particular. So like I said. Um, 
Semua uh, everyone plays a role, and we, we we should be part of it lah. And then the second the second one would be like township, like bandar kita. So mm-hmm. we could actually increase green spaces, especially in urban areas. Uh, because I think a lot of green, uh, a lot of urban areas we have so many malls, and yeah. even like right now we can see with COVID, the malls are all dead, right? Yeah. Why do we have so many malls? Like, and people are already seeking. Macam they want to go hiking lah, they want to go to sungai mm. lah, you know, they, they, they seek these green spaces actually. So there are demands for it. So we sh- moving forward, we really should uh, increase uh, the amount of green spaces and green patches, especially in cities. Um, and also, um, we could maybe use tax and financial incentives to actually re- renovate uh, buildings uh, to be more climate friendly, for example. Uh, because probably when we build these buildings, they are not equipped to withstand, like for example, heat waves. Ke, you know, like um, keadaan terlalu panas. Like maybe our buildings cannot um withstand that. So we should have these like tax or financial incentives lah to renovate these buildings. So it will be like more like I would say like climate disaster friendly. Ke, uh, you know, like okay. so people are the. Yeah, I think there was like one of the buildings in KL yang kaca dia pecah, like the big kaca pecah mm-hmm. because of hujan lebat. So those are, the, you know, like one of the examples lah that it could be that our buildings are really not equipped to withstand these extreme weathers. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, uh, we could go into that direction. Uh, so when it comes to, for example, industry, um, like I said, uh, industry, we can, industry is like, they produce a lot of stuff, kan? So they have the capacity to scale up their research and you know develop um, new low carbon industrial processes. Um, you know, like the production lah. Um, mm-hmm. they have the capacity to uh, do research, more research on how they're gonna yeah, their machines or anything like that, uh, how they can um, make it more like low carbon. Uh, and then the final one would be I would say transport. Um, because yelah kita cakap, oh jalanlah kaki, naiklah basikal Padahal tempat tu jauh yeah. Or we would say, eh naiklah train pergi pergi sini Padahal tak ada pun, assessor, tak accessible pun tempat tu uh, Tak ada train station pun, tak ada bus station pun mm-hmm. So you know, we can't force individuals untuk buat sesuatu Yang dia rasa, oh my god susahnya, lambatnya aku nak sampai kat tempat ni Instead, we should create conditions and increase the accessibility uh, untuk menggunakan uh, public transport lah. So, kena betulkanlah public transport kita tu. Barulah kita buat campaign untuk suruh orang menggunakan public transport tu and reduce their comfort tu. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so talking about campaigns, right? Um, there were a lot of awareness campaigns that will say were done. But do you think yeah. those are actually somehow impactful to combat climate change? I think climate change is like already like a popular campaign topic. Yeah. Uh, and even like in schools pun kita ada tajuk. Apa? Tajuk dia still guna global warming. Dia tak guna climate change atau dia tak guna perkataan climate change. Yeah, so global, warming. global warming. Yeah, so um, I think good the fact that uh, these campaigns are there. But I think we could do better. Mm. Um, I would say that moving forward, one of the things that we can um, start or accelerate is we need to understand, we need to introduce 
the concept of climate justice. Um, because like I said just now, climate change affect people differently, kan? And yep. I think we really should highlight these vulnerable groups, sebenarnya. Uh, maybe in in schools, in school syllabus, we need to mention um, what is the severity of climate change. It's no longer global warming yang macam, okay, tak apa, tak apa, tak apa. It's like, oh my god, it's a crisis. Huh? We need to have that mm, uh, urgency like that. Ah, that sense of urgency. That's true. We need to tell our our children, this is urgent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another thing would be like how to deal with like climate anxiety, I would say. Um, because as a young person, when we read about all this stuff, um, we, we get really anxious. So I think in the school syllabus, we need to mention like how do we deal with these feelings of like anxious, anxious because of climate crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, so we talk urgency of this climate change and betapa teruknya climate change ni but at the same time kita equip also our young youngsters with uh, you know what are the ways they can deal with the climate anxiety mm. yeah so that is that is number one uh, number two because you, you mentioned about CSR kan um, yeah. like companies doing CSR and stuff like that uh, I think um, because companies have like much much like bigger capacity in doing something so if you're doing a company if you're a company um it's not just a matter of doing a csr csr is good but how are you going to make sure that the operations of the company is is is, is part of climate action and how are you going to make sure that your operations is like ethical lah? Mm. so i would say it's not it doesn't stop during csr only but it also comes back to the operation of the company like how do you source your but you know like equipment ke? how do you source your barang-barang is it like is it like low carbon uh, is it being done ethically uh, are you using children as labor are you using like women with low income as labor so we need to think like we need to think that to the point that um this is already time action has should become the culture of the company rather than just a csr program yang pergi tanam pokok for example So it's like Because it's just like One off thing right Macam yes. Tak impactful yes, If you Really apply In the long run As the company's yes. Action itself Okay mm. And so, company Memang Banyak duit kan So Yeah They usually have a lot of budget lah. True true Because yeah. the issue of climate change ni Has been ongoing for decades kan So Yeah Our national education pun Ada highlight in the syllabus itself Cuma Like you said mm. There should be some betterment Like sense of urgency mm. And highlighted About how it actually impacted differently Across group of people mm. yes. Okay Lastly What is your hope For climate action Among the nation Especially in Malaysian youth I would like to quote lah um, The National Youth Climate Change Report Uh, from Malaysia in 2020 so they asked a lot of young people what do they think about climate change um, and this is from uh, in Malaysia yeah and mm-hmm. 92% 92% of young Malaysians think that climate change is a crisis so I would say that we are we, this this generation is quite woke lah they have mm-hmm. the access towards information they know it's happening mm-hmm. they are reading about it And in the report as well, it's mentioned that nine out of, nine out of 10 young people have actually experienced 
environment or climate related effects in the last three years. Maksudnya mereka sendiri yang menjadi like mangsa kepada uh, climate change lah. Diorang dapat rasa, for example, maybe diorang pernah kena uh, heat wave atau maybe diorang pernah kena banjir. Mm. Uh, so 9 out of 10. So that's a lot, you know. That that shows yeah. that um, Malaysia is, that is almost like already. a hotspot. Hmm. And then another thing is like 9 out of 10 Uh, of these young people are already taking individual actions to address climate change. So our young people are already doing something. So I think, uh, so I'm reading all these um, numbers, right? I'm like, I feel very hopeful. Like, okay, this generation, they are most impacted by climate change, but they are also like very woke and they know what to do. I mean, not necessarily know what to do, but they want to do something at least, yeah? So mm-hmm. I would say that for young people, number one, we should always keep learning. We should always equip ourselves with the right information. I know that the 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 report that I said just now, the inter- intergovernmental, the IPCC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it, the IPCC is the IPCC report is very long and very technical, but mm-hmm. um, but young people these days are very creative. They kind of like read it and summarize it into infographics. Which I think like really really cool, and we should always keep learning lah uh, on 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 this topic, um, and also read about the different groups that will be impacted um, disproportionately or even more uh, by climate change. You know, we can't just think that oh tak pelah um, semua orang kan sama je. You know, tapi sebenarnya orang orang ada a few groups yang memang lagi terkena lah um, impact climate change ni. That is one keep learning. Number two would be like um, be part of a group or a collective because like I said, my own experience, I was by myself when I was learning it. So I got really, really like depressed and anxious. So I would say that having friends to talk about it, to process about it, to process the information is really important to you. Um, you know, you need like also kind of give that sense of belonging and you are not alone and you just do what you can do but don't feel like okay hopeless you know mm. uh, so i think it's very important to be a part of a group so that's why i myself came up with youth uh with my friends um, that's number two number three would be um like i said lah, manage the climate anxiety because it is real you know Um, you know the especially when you keep reading about it like every day. For example, if you follow um social media punya um account yang talk about climate change, and then you kind of like consume the content every day, mm-hmm. it can get really really depressing. So we need to know how to manage the climate anxiety, and climate anxiety is a real thing lah. Um, that is number three, and number four, the last one would be young people. Um, I'm very hopeful to uh, the fact that. We, we can and we should exercise our rights as a citizen. Um, so nanti bila kita boleh vote for those who are 21 years old above, hopefully nanti dah turun kepada umur 18 tahun. Tapi for those who are 21 years and above, um, when we want to choose our MP, please choose MP that care about the environment. Because this is about our future, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, please select representative or vote for the representative that cares about environment, that cares about people, that cares about um, yeah, people and, and environment lah. Mm-hmm. And um, also if you know about, if you know your MP, maybe you can send them letters. For example, sekarang ni uh, masalah 
the disagreement of Kuala Langat North Forest, orang-orang Selangor boleh tulis uh, surat kepada MPMP mereka untuk uh, bertanyakan apa please ask your MP to do something lah um, mm. and please not please don't approve this you know so I think uh, we need to channel our energy somewhere and this is definitely something that we should do which is to exercise our right as a rakyat lah so I have very I'm very hopeful of Malaysian youth when it comes to uh, environment yeah okay so to wrap up Um, dear listeners, we have to always keep learning about the environmental actions and climate actions and we can somehow surround ourselves the correct circle. For instance, you can join Project Youth United for Earth. Um, if In case you got into climate anxiety, try to manage it and sur- always surround yourself with the right person. And last but not least, exercise our rights as a citizen in terms of choosing policymakers so that they can have some sense of three peace, people, profit, and planet. Okay, I think that's about it. Uh, thank you so much, Fatin, for joining us today. It was a very insightful mm-hmm. conversation and you sound very passionate about climate action. Anyway. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alright then, that's all for today's episode on youth participation on environmental and climate action. Stay tuned for our next episode on NALS MY Words of Wisdom podcast, which most probably my colleague will take over on the hosting part, but we will see. And just a heads up, the Youth Summit is already open for registration. So head on to our social medias and click on the link to register yourself and spread the word so everyone can learn so much from our 2021 NALS Youth Summit. Until then, take care and stay safe. Bye.